Fitbit has 150 billion hours of heart data. Wow. It's the most heart data that's ever been compiled in the history of human beings. Obviously, yeah, and uh, there's uh, there's some there's some stuff in it that's kind of interesting. So maybe we'll hit you with that coming up a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, stay tuned. Wow, that's uh, you know I've been hooked up to various monitors for various various periods of time trying to figure out what's going on with my ticker, which is fine. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean the the data just on me was pretty useful. So I can't imagine how many billions of hours or what just 150 say? billion hours. Uh, you can't even comprehend that much. Much well, data. I can. But. Okay. Well, good for you. So, um, getting back to the story that the U.S. Education Department reported that in the 2015-16 school year, this, it's worth pointing out, was a com- was a report entirely run by the Obama administration. And now it's you know coming out and seeing the light of day. Reported nearly 240 schools reported at least one incident involving a school-related shooting. That's at least one incident, so the number is higher than 240. And, uh, and listen, if you're just tuning in, the contagion of angry young men, generally speaking, who think because they're unhappy, they get to kill and hurt people, sometimes at schools, is a serious, insidious, and tragic problem in our society, and we ought to be addressing it as aggressively as possible. We agree with you on that. But that's not a reason to not traffic in facts as opposed to fantasy. Oh, yeah, you can't solve a problem with made-up statistics. A lot of people try. Anyway, uh, according to the U.S. Education Department, nearly 240 schools reported at least one inf- uh, incident involving school-related shooting. NPR, uh, for over the course of three months, tried to track down the reality of this, found that more than two-thirds of the reported incidents never happened, and they were able to confirm just 11 of the at least 240 incidents named in the report. Um, and then we, we talked a little bit about their methodology and uh, uh, et cetera. Uh, da, 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 da. At least 53 new school safety laws were passed in 2018. I remember. Districts are spending millions of dollars to harden schools, et cetera. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, see uh, uh, there's so many things to this to make you mad. So you make up the phony statistics. There's all kinds of things you can do. If you want to, you can try to crack down on various grunt gun laws based on this made-up statistic. You can get taxpayers to dole out gazillions of dollars Mm -hmm. that maybe we don't need that much security if there aren't near as many shootings as we think, but there's a bunch of politicians who are getting lobbied by people who make metal detectors and whatnot to Uh try to get those passed. So it gets very complicated very fast. I also remember that you know sometimes they count school shootings. Uh, there was a high-profile case of, a, I think it was a principal who shot himself in his truck in the parking lot, right. committed yeah. suicide, mm-hmm. and that went down as a school shooting. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about, obviously. So, you know, you have to weed out stuff like that. So the civil rights data collection for 2018 required every public school, more than 96,000 of them, to answer questions on a wide range of issues. It asked what sounded like a simple question. <clears throat> in the 2015-16 school year, quote, has there been at least one incident at your school that involved a shooting, regardless of when, whether anyone was hurt? The answer, nearly 240 schools, about 0.2% of all schools. That was published this spring in the report. The government's definition included any discharge of a weapon at school-sponsored events or on school buses. Even so, that would be a rate of shootings and a level of violence much higher than anyone else had found. For comparison, the Every Town for Gun Safety database, and we can imagine what their biases might be. Even with the made-up inflated number, though, it was 0.2%. Yes. How much? One fifth of one percent. How many teachers do you want to arm? How much security do you want to pay for at your school when you got 
one-fifth of one percent where this happens with the made-up inflated number? That's right. a good question. Anyway, this uh, Every Town for Gun Safety database, uh, citing media reports, listed just 29 shootings at K-12 through schools between mid-August 2015-2016. There is little overlap between this list and the government's, with only seven schools appearing on both, which is curious. And as we remember that infamous 22 school shootings so far, 24 in the New York Times, uh, most of which uh, turned out to be not quote-unquote school shootings, the way most people understand them. They were either a suicide here or a couple of bang- gangbangers at the outskirts of a college campus at 3 a.m. Or, or what have you. Um, oh, yeah, right. A separate investigation by the ACLU of Southern California was able to confirm fewer than a dozen of the incidents in the government's report. Fewer than a dozen of the 240-plus, while 59% were confirmed errors. Um, every school is required by law to complete this civil rights data collection thing. And these findings often drive public conversations. For example, the CRDC was the source of recent reports that black students were suspended from school at rates much higher than whites. Information that inspired changes in discipline policy across the country, including the discipline policy at Parkland High School, which many people believe uh, enabled the shooting. Um, I wonder how real... That data is that we've been talking about now for years. Most of the school leaders NPR reached had little idea of how shootings got recorded for their schools. For example, the CRDC reports 26 shootings, 26, within the Ventura Unified School District in Ventura, California. I think someone pushed the wrong buttons, said Jeff Davis, an assistant superintendent there and the former president of the Confederacy. (laughs) Uh, the outgoing superintendent, Joe Richards, quote, has been here almost 30 years, and he doesn't remember any shooting. We're in this weird vortex of what's on the screen and what reality is. So it's either zero shootings or 26. Correct. Okay. Um, holy crap. What do you do with that? Now, you're going to tell me somebody accidentally hit some buttons, or did somebody have an agenda somewhere along the way to come up with numbers like that? There are several things going on, and, uh, and and you're right. There's absolutely part of it is agenda-driven. But um, in other cases, what may have happened, uh, oh, I'm sorry, something happened, but not the firearm discharge survey asked about. The biggest discrepancy in sheer numbers was the 37 incidents listed for the Cleveland Metropolitan School District. Roseanne Canfora, the district's chief communications officer, told us that, in fact, 37 schools reported possession or of, of a knife or a firearm which was the previous question on the form in years past. So they found a knife in a kid's backpack. That went down at some point as a school shooting. Right. The number 37, then, was apparently entered on the wrong line. Similar, the CRDC lists four shootings among the 16 schools of the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District in California. Gail Pinsker, spokeswoman for the district, says that going back 20-plus years, no one can remember any incident involving a firearm. Their best guess, she says, is that there was some sort of mistaken coding where an incident involving something like a pair of scissors, for example, got inflated into one involving a firearm. God dang it. First graders use scissors. I can't wait until this sort of data collection is used to run our universal health care system. That'll be fantastic. Oh, my God. Why did you do that to me? That brought me down. They mentioned a kid who took himself a picture of himself holding a gun on social media, posted it to social media. And that counts school as a school said, shooting. The school said, uh, dude, dude, totally uncool. You can't be doing that. It's, and he said, okay, I'm sorry, and he took it down. That was a school shooting. Uh, CDRC shows seven shootings in DeKalb County, Georgia. That's where Atlanta is. Police report uh, reports provided to us by that district gave a sense of the many, many ways the data collection may have gone wrong. 
Um, at Redan Middle School, there's a report of a toy cap gun fired on a school bus. That was a school shooting. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And again, these big government reports, they drive the conversations, they drive policy, they drive expenditures, they drive our perceptions of each other. Listen. Perceptions are hard to change. If, for instance, black students are getting suspended, expelled, etc., in numbers that are uh, seriously disproportionate to the numbers of students, there are probably some really difficult, uh, challenging conversations that need to take place. And generally, they're going to be one-sided and politically correct. When any teacher will tell you, you need to talk about the homes people come from, uh, the parental situation, the guidance, the discipline at home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These things are, are very important. Um, and nobody wants to talk about that. On the other hand... If we are getting grotesquely distorted data, how the hell do you have a conversation about that at all? Well, you you have one, and then you uh, then you pull the trigger on some things that so don't speak. that don't fix the made up problem. Yeah, that's funny. You should use that expression. Somebody else at the end of this article says we really need a double barreled approach. And unfortunate reference. Insanity. Insanity. Michael Jackson would have been 60 today. You know, we could have played Michael Jackson music all morning long, but we did not. Probably should have. Uh, Sell some more records to support Tito. They have listed his top the Downloads, hits. whatever people listen to now. <laughs> what do you think is the top hit of Michael Jackson? Ranking the King's number one hits. Billie Jean. Think that's his biggest hit? Yeah. That'd be my guess. All right. She's not his lover. Neither is Macaulay Culkin. Allegedly. It's BS. They made it up. Yeah, really? Maybe a maybe a Michael Jackson song coming back. I'll hit you with what they say the biggest hits are. And his sixty, he would have been sixty day. He would have been a really weird looking sixty year old today. Yeah, guaranteed. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. of the nation. Joe is right, according to USA Today. This is Michael Jackson's greatest hit. On this is what would have been his 60th birthday if he didn't take elephant tranquilizers to get to sleep at night. Yes. Um, what was that? Well, he was, he was ele- elephant uh, tranquilizers before elephant tranquilizers were in. Signed Ohio and West Virginia. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, Billie Jean, according to USA Today, Michael Jackson's biggest hit, followed by Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Keep on. Beat it. With you something. Don't stop till you get enough. Man in the Mirror, which I like. Dirty Diana, which I don't particularly like. Really? That's f- number four? That's number five. Huh. Uh, but anyway, your favorite uh, was not on the list. Say, say, say. Michael's favorite <laughs> Michael Jackson song. I'm say, surprised say, say. it wasn't on there. An embarrassment. Ebony and Ivory. Was that uh, Michael or was that uh, Stevie Wonder? That was... And Macca. Yeah. I think that was the sighted Stevie Wonder. Same sort of thing. <laughs> Leave it alone, Sean. The man is blind. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay, so then we got this. Uh, we've talked a couple of times already this morning about the Florida governor's race, which I am going to... I'm actually going to watch the debates. I don't watch... What? I don't watch... 
I don't watch gubernatorial debates in the state I live in, <laughs> but I'm going to watch the ones from Florida. I think it's going to be awesome. You got a guy who's who's a, a Trump attempting to be a Trump clone, and Trump backed him, and that's how he was way behind and then shot ahead in the polls. I think Trump might have backed him because the guy's got a really hot wife, this DeSantos person. And that's the way Trump makes decisions. <laughs> ah, yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but um, Come on. That was that was unfair to Donald Trump. <clears throat> I mean, so, maybe on to something. So you're going to have somebody very Trumpy uh, running as a Republican, and then somebody who, who is in fourth out of fifth place of people running for to be the Democrat. And uh, he shot the head, and he's the Bernie Sanders universal health care, abolish ICE, impeach Trump, all that sort of stuff. And an unnecessarily sarcastic listener pointed out uh, he's under investigation by the uh, FBI. Yeah, the FBI. Well, yeah, his office is, and he didn't have anything to do with it, according to him in some reports. I hope he didn't. I don't want that to get in the way. I want this test case. I want this laboratory um, uh, I want this focus group of one of the biggest states to see what happens when you run Trump against a Bernie Sanders sort of candidate mm. with a with a state that's very evenly split going back and forth. So, wow. because, so you think it may actually be a preview of the 2020 presidential race? I think it's more important that it's going to uh, inform the Democratic Party of what kind of candidate they want to run against Trump. I think that's the thing. Mm. And um, well, yeah, it's it's it'll be a preview only if it goes well, because Trump certainly is going to be the nominee unless he gets sick of being president, which I don't think is out of the question. How Trump nothing is that, out of the question with Donald Trump. Well, that's a good point. Um, how Trumpian would it be in terms of demonstration of superiority? which people with inferiority complexes always do. How Trumpian would it be to say, I've come in, I've been the best president ever, but I have other things I'd like to do. Somebody else can take the job. I'm not going to spend another four years of my life running this diseased swamp. I'm out! You know, if the stock market, there's no way the stock market continues this run cleared through November 2020. But if it did, he could, he could like, if it ended today, he could leave and say, all right, Nobody can match these numbers that I put out. Lowest unemployment among all these different groups ever. Right. Stock market, this many percent in the entire term. Nobody will ever beat these numbers. It's it's you know it's like having a perfect season and retiring. Sure. And, and he could have bragged about that the rest of his life and not have to put up with all the BS. Right. I don't think he'll be in that spot come election day. So. Well, the current run can't continue, but if it's good sustained economic growth and the economy's still chugging along, yeah, I, I wonder. Anyway, that was kind of an, an aside sure. and, a, and a tangent. Um, but it, assuming that he does run for re-election, yeah, it's only a preview of 2020 if it goes well for the Democrats. If they run a super progressive Bernie-type, Elizabeth Warren-type, and he gets his ass kicked in Florida, well, then it's going to be kind of an anti-preview, if you know what I well, mean. Well, I think the party leaders, And it's though, time for Joe. Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they don't want to run a Bernie Sanders sort of person. They oh, no. want to run no, 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 a no, no, just no. left to center. If Joe Biden was younger, he's the perfect sort of guy. That's what they want to run. Um, so I think they'd have more ammunition to make their argument for their party. Wow. At the same time, though, they've got to try like hell to get this Gillum gentleman... Uh, elected in Florida because they need the the governor's seat. Hard There's redistricting coming down yeah. the line. They really yeah. want that for control of the Congress. So, so oh my God, that's funny. So Nancy and Chuck might be campaigning like crazy for somebody that terrifies them.
Yeah, or an idea that terrifies them. Right, yeah, yeah, more specifically, yeah. Anywho, that's going to be fun to watch. Oh, so we got the, uh, so they were talking about it on Fox, and this is supposedly racism. Is this what's supposed to be, Sean? Uh, well, this is a, I'm leaving it up to the court to decide. Uh, my Twitter feed certainly has an opinion one way or the other on which this lands on, but I, I will present it to you. Well, look, I mean, this is a... Oh, this is uh, Governor, the, the, the opponent, DeSantos. Oh, uh, yeah, Congressman DeSantos, yeah. Well, look, I mean, this is a, Florida elections are always competitive. And, um, you know, this is a guy who, although he's much too, too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far left views. And he's a charismatic candidate. And, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea. But, I mean, he performed better than the other people there. So, so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That is not going to work. That's not going to be good for Florida. Okay, I think we've heard it. So he used the word articulate, which people always hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the word monkey. Oh, my God. All right. You handle this one. Okay, I'll ask you. Do you think there's a chance in hell he chose articulate or monkey? As an attempt to, I don't even, what would you... Dog whistle, Walter. Yeah, but what would you be trying to signal to who? Anybody who... Turns would, out he's a black fella. Yeah, anybody who take who took those terms <laughs> in, in, a, in a racist way already weren't going to vote for the black guy. They got a Klan robe on, are you kidding? Yeah, exactly. Right. They weren't to work. That's just, oh my God. I'm, I'm glad Everybody's te- so... Desperate, so desperate to find racism and be aggrieved. I'm glad you teed that up for me, though, so I can take in my uh, my MSNBC shows all day long and see if they they hammer on that. You know, listen, I'll grant you the whole. Oh, he's very articulate. It is uh, d- damning somebody with faint praise, and it used to. It was kind of a thing with black people. You know, he speaks in a way I can understand. He's very articulate. But he didn't even say that. Well, he says he's an articulate spokesperson for the point of view he comes from. The the dog whistle being, in that point of view, is communist. <laughs> I mean, that's the dog whistle. Um, Yeah, what he was trying to say is the guy killed him in the debates. From, from what I've read, and I wish yeah. I'd a, a watched him, he was right. the guy finishing fourth in the polls out of five. Right. But on every debate stage, he owned the place because he's got... He's good with the one-liner and charisma and that whole thing. I've been watching a bunch of his videos this morning after I learned about this guy, and he is really good at it. Yeah, Yeah, it's unquestionably praise from the guy. He's just saying he kicked everybody's ass. That's why I think the debates could be really good. You got a Trump-like character trying to figure out how to counter that. Anyway, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, is Donald Trump clearing the decks to fire Mueller? Then we've got the question of privatizing the war in Afghanistan and top parental hacks. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Did anybody on cable news call that out as as dog whistle racism, or is it just the Twitter feed that is? As far as I've seen, just the Twitter feed. Okay. So we got the news coming up in just a So you're saying Twitter is angry and has erupted. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is ape the typical socialist talk that oh, you hear? Oh boy! No, see, no, no, no. On the other hand, the dream of a post-racial world where we just deal with each other as human beings. 
remains a beautiful dream. Yeah. Uh, so what are we talking about? Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. All right, you've been talking about Florida governor's election, the hottest race to watch this fall. You got Bernie Sanders endorsed Democrat Andrew Gillum winning his party's nomination. Taking you know, on- if I, if I, to interrupt, this might be our new TV show for all of America. A little break from just the Trump show. The new TV show might end up being for the crowd that follows politics. Right. The Florida governor's race. Yeah, Could I mean be. it's already up and running on day one. He'll be taking on Representative Ron DeSantis, who prides himself on his closeness with President Trump, who enthusiastically backed him. Well, now oh, some... Oh, hang on. Do you, have, do you have the information on his TV commercials? No. One of them showed him building a wall with his kids with blocks. <laughs> in, one, in one <laughs> shot. Really. And in another shot, he's reading the art of the deal to his kid. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yes! Really? This is going to be so great! <laughs> Well, some comments that DeSantis just made are raising eyebrows. He was on Fox News this morning. The congressman said... The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda. And and so some people are trying to come claim that that was an obvious racist shot? Well, Florida Democratic Party Chairwoman <laughs> Terry Rizzo responded by saying it's disgusting that DeSantos is launching his general election with racist dog whistles. Well, you know what's really disgusting is people calling everything racism so real racism gets cover. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. how this would work even if you're doing it on purpose. Again, who's your audience? People that already wouldn't vote for a black guy for governor? I mean, so why do you need to send them a message? People who didn't notice but get code words? It's hard to, even if you believe, and I don't believe that it was a, you know, a planned racist attack, it's hard to imagine how it would affect anything. Maybe it's dismissive? I'm just trying to build their case for them. Mm. Belittles the guy in subtle ways. That would change votes? See, that's, again, it's, I don't know. President Trump is now tweeting that his White House counsel, Don McGahn, will be departing in the fall after the Senate confirmation vote for the judge, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, to serve in the Supreme Court. Trump says on Twitter this morning that he's worked with Don for a long time, truly appreciates his service. Now, McGahn has had a tumultuous tenure marked by his threat to resign last year if Trump continued to press for the removal of Robert Mueller as the special counsel overseeing the Russia investigation. And then McGahn spent about 30 hours with Mueller investigators over the last few months, something that Trump says he gave him permission to do. And then we had the other story about how McGahn was standing up to Trump and was not going to pardon Paul Manafort. So you have this whole series right. of events. Yes, some of which are documented, some of which I think are just multi-sourced rumors. But McGahn could be a guy that gets to write a book at some point that would uh, be pretty damned interesting. No doubt about it. Secretary of Defense says privatizing the war in Afghanistan is not a good idea. During a press briefing, James Mattis rejected the idea of replacing U.S. forces in Afghanistan with private contractors. Now, earlier this month, there were I reports. know someone who's contemplating taking a private contractor job there right now. There are, there are thousands and yeah. thousands of people that have been doing that for years. Right. So let's say we're contemplating replacing them entirely with yes. contractors. Correct. Not just partially. Correct. Earlier this month, there were reports that uh, President Trump had shown interest in that move, and National Security Advisor John Bolton told ABC News that it would ultimately be the president's decision, but now Mattis, again, is pushing back on that idea. I'll try to dig up that info. I'd like to know what percentage of uh, 
of uh, people on our side involved in it are contractors right now. I know it's a, it's a it's a good chunk. Speaking of percentages, I heard the new guy who's running Afghanistan for our military, and I don't recall his name, but he's a friend of Mike Lyons, and Mike has mentioned that to us, including in the fabulous long-form podcast available at armstrongandgetty.com. The new guy was talking about, listen, things are fundamentally different now. The Afghan forces are way more advanced than they used to be. They have now capable special forces that are conducting their own operations. They are conducting more than half of their own airstrikes, et cetera, et cetera. Things have changed. And I thought, okay, okay. The same old sure has got no interest for me, no appeal for me. Going to have to wait and see how seriously to take that because last I heard the Afghan forces were still pathetic. Well, and we've been lied to about Afghanistan a lot over the years. Right, yeah. Want to make a mention today would have been Arizona Senator John McCain's 82nd birthday. His body is lying in state under the rotunda at the Arizona State Capitol in Phoenix. That is beginning today nearly a week of funerals, memorials, and ceremonies for the late Republican senator. I think we're too into the body laying around in our society. I heard about John McCain, God bless him, Aretha Franklin, God bless her. Right. But they're toting her from here to there and laying in state, and you get to see her, and I'm thinking she's been gone for a while now, but... We're going to have another viewing. You know, it's it's about the spirit, right? It's about the, the brain, the intelligence, the, the life they lived. I, you know, this is this is unnecessarily heavy. But when my uh, my brother-in-law passed away, um, my sister had already had counseling about dealing with that because he'd been sick for a very long time. Right. And you have to let the shell that contained the soul go otherwise it's incredibly traumatic to let that person's body go and i just think in our society that's just i've never been comfortable with that toting around the corpse it is something we're putting in our um we're kind of making up the idea that that's them in any sense that's not john mccain really in any real sense it's just a a pile of chemicals and matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm too philosophical, I know, yeah. but I just it's always bothered me a little bit. There are obviously tips and tricks to parenting, and a new poll identifies the top so-called parenting hacks. Researchers talked to a couple thousand moms and dads, and they found things like knowing how to stop a supermarket tantrum's important, understanding what emojis mean, and memorizing the names of TV characters are among the most important parenting hacks. I'm sorry, <laughs> memorizing the yeah. names of TV. I was not ready for that one. Yeah. I'll tell you, I don't have trouble with the TV, but the, yeah. the Harry Potter stuff. I asked my son a question, and he rolls his eyes so hard. What is a what is a a muggle again? Oh, Dad, jeez, come on! It's a non-magical person. <laughs> oh, how am I from this gene pool? <laughs> Drives him crazy that I don't remember all this stuff. Other other important child care tips, knowing how to get the kids to eat their fruits and vegetables, knowing how to make the perfect pancake, and knowing how to remove chewing gum from a child's hair. Mm, scissors. Those are ice. all... Ice? Scissors? Mm. <laughs> wow. There you, you go. give them an embarrassing haircut, and they that think twice work. next time. Fire. What's up, Jeez. Over 90% of parents said they... Don't set your kid's hair on fire, people. That was a joke. Don't try this at home. Over 90% of parents said they... Professional driver on a closed course. (laughs) They're driving slowly through the suburbs. (laughs) What? Over 90% of the parents asked that they learn 
a lot of the most useful childcare advice from their parents' generation. Yeah, it's hand-me-down advice for yeah, better or worse. Yeah, it very yeah for better or yeah, worse. Okay. Exactly right, and it varies from kid to kid. I've got a plan to stop a tantrum for my one son, or back when he threw him. My other son, that didn't work on. So, what are you going to do? And lastly, we got a London tabloid along with a number of other sources reporting Neil Young and his girlfriend Daryl Hannah got married last weekend. Neil Young was dating, is married to now, Daryl Hannah? Tabloid. When did they get together? I wish you well, you crazy kids. They've been dating for a couple of years now. Yeah. Actually, uh, when he broke up, when uh, Neil Young broke up with his wife at 35 years, he and Daryl Hannah got together. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they uh, supposedly got married in the uh, small central California city of Atascadero, and uh, his friends are reportedly uh, congratulating him on social media. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Watch out, Squawky. Oh, no. (laughs) Again, (laughs) the slapstick patriotism of Marshall, Squawky, and the Liberty Bell. So you want us to break now, Hanson, or? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. We'll get to the petering out coming up in just a little bit. Try to come up with some good. Oh, I got that Fitbit. Has 150 billion hours of heart data. Wow. It's kind of interesting what they've learned from that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. So who's going to put... The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's your resting heart rate? Mine's about 140. <laughs> Unless I get worked up, then it jacks up a little. Mine's actually low enough. I did so much cardio, my heart rate was so low, an insurance company wouldn't insure me. Because I was considered uh, brachycardia or whatever it is, and un- uh, too well, slow what heart was rate. It? And I was like, well, wait a minute. <sighs> it might have been the high 50s or low 60s. <laughs> That's pretty low, unless you're, unless you're a triathlete. I am, more or less. I'm a beast. You, don't, you wouldn't know it by looking at me. <laughs> And my mom's is super low, too, and then the, yeah. the doctors never can find her pulse. It's like, yeah. Oh. Hold a mirror up to her mouth. Yeah. Yep. We've got some bad news. Um, <laughs> I don't actually know what mine is, but it's in the normal range. But so yeah, Fit, Mine's probably higher now. Fitbit has become popular enough, and enough people have warned them, that they've got 150 billion hours of heart data, and they're trying to, you know... Various people in charge of trying to figure out what makes you healthy have decided, here's a wealth of information that has never existed in human history about human beings, and we ought to try to figure out if there's something we can mm-hmm. do uh, with it. You know, privacy concerns crop up. Um, I, you know, I would say I'm fine with them using my information. It's all anonymous. Yeah, I think it's all anonymous. It's funny, of all the um, privacy concerns that are out there, it seems like they do a better job of protecting our health stuff, and that's the one I care the least Almost about. Almost to a fault. You know, yeah. You know my heart rate? And my cholesterol, I don't care. You can put that on a billboard. What if they discriminate against you? His bloodstream is like butter. Um, it's like buttermilk. The data suggests that a high resting heart rate, we'll refer to that as RHR from here on out. All right. <laughs> uh, you could be twice as likely to die from a heart problem as if your RHA is 80 or higher compared with those who's 50 or lower. I Boy, win. 50, Wait, 50 or low. lower? Boy. God, you could... Like check your watch between heartbeats. I mean, that's, so if that's your too heart slow. rate is forty-five and you cut yourself, does no blood even ooze out? It takes a while. It just kind of seeps out. Gross. Um, 
for uh, for every 10 beats per minute increase in resting heart rate, the risk of developing diabetes later in life is 23% higher. Now, That's worth remembering. Is this men folk and women folk? I mean, because yeah. women's uh, hearts tend to be faster. Oh, uh, they lumped it together. Especially when they're with me. <laughs> so keep that in mind. 10 beats per minute, the difference of that increases the likelihood of di- diabetes later in life by 23%. Wow. That's pretty significant. And uh, causation, correlation, uh, I'm having trouble with this. Uh, it could be cure, purely causative, or, or it just might be you're obviously working out more. I don't know. Uh, lower the better is that simple with heart rate. Lower the better. Boy, that's funny. Uh, the the mean, insurance company was freaked out by me. I mean, John McCain's at zero. There's a limit. <sighs> For instance, um, wow, we'll be getting emails about that one. Uh, between 60 and 100, you're normal-ish. If you're outside 60 or 100, then something could be wrong and you really should get to a doctor. So I don't know. Boy, my BP was good the other day at the doctor. So happy. Lowest one they have? Usain Bolt. World's hmm. fastest man, 33. Oh, oh stop God. it. For arresting heart rate. Stop it. Holy crap. 1-1000, 2-1000, one, beat 1-1000, That's every two beat seconds, 1, obviously. Two. That's insane. Every two seconds, you get a heartbeat. Dump dump. Dump dump. That is slow. Holy cow. Usain Bolt stand next to you. You know, I think I'm having a heart attack, but it'll be some time before I know. Yeah, anyway. Wow. Watch your heart run to the hospital before it actually hit him. <laughs> so working. Oh, you know what? Uh, let me bring this all together. Uh, number one, the whole Fitbit military base thing is wild, and they finally cracked down on that because, you know, people post their results and all online, so our enemies are able to precisely map military bases because of the Fitbit mm. data. So they've cracked down on that. So just a philosophical thought, the other, uh, the last two days, yesterday and the day before, I have been engaged in, in manual labor, tiring, difficult manual labor for most of the afternoon. And both days I made the conscious decision no uh, earbuds, no music going, no podcast, no nothing. Just do the work in silence. And both days, I emerged from it happy and cleansed. I don't think there's anybody that would be surprised by that. I'm just a little, a little tip, a little life hack. Yeah. It's the last thing most people want to do, either one of those things. And most but... importantly, if you'd like a little bit for yourself, come over to my place. I got a hell of a lot more logs to move. Mm. Help a brother out. Final thoughts with Jack Armstrong. And Joe Getty, never before have so few done so little for no one in particular. Is he done? The Armstrong and Getty Show. No, he's not. Here's your host, Joe Getty. (laughs) That's the one that always gets us. Uh, Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. A positive Sean, what's your final thought? Why are you going down? Go up. You're supposed to be going the other way. That's me yelling at my stock investment portfolio. I don't know if I'm cut out for this investment game. This is stressful. Buy uh, high, sell low. Marshall Phillips, final thought. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was welcomed in as a Starbucks virgin yesterday when I went in for my very first spicy pumpkin frappe. I got full details coming up tomorrow. Mm-mm. Good. <laughs> you did enjoy it, though? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm hooked. Have you been to a Walmart yet? No. Michelangelo, final thought. Well, I don't got much for you, but I am looking for a Greek yogurt that has some name brand flavor at a generic price. So get on Facebook and let me know. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to leave us with? You know those things that everybody says to the point that you're tired of hearing them? Yes, I know, because everybody says it. 
but my uh, oldest son's starting third grade today. It just seems doesn't seem even possible that he's already in third grade. I mean, it just does not even seem possible. And, of course, everybody says it goes fast. I know. Everybody tells me. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, my final thought is it is absolutely striking the reaction we got today to our topic about queen bees at work. Yeah. Women who bully women in the workplace. An explosion of texts and emails, which we will share with you tomorrow. Bullying you, making you cry. Just the uh, discriminating against various women for various reasons that only women do. Yeah, that's something. That yeah. needs to be looked at. I mean, if you want to have equality, you got to look at that. Right? Right? That would be equality. Absolutely. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com and, uh, and, and click on all the clickities there. For, uh, if, hey, email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about or you want to weigh in, go ahead. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. The yellow card is a warning. Right. And when you want to kick out someone. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.